Hello and welcome to the second episode of Thriving and Surviving as a Solo Mum. To the 11 people who have listened to episode one, sorry, I have to laugh. Well, it says 11 people, but I think I'm two of them, possibly three of them. So to the handful of people who have um, lovingly listened to episode one, all three minutes and 40 seconds of it, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, so episode two, we're hopeful we're going to reach, gosh, if we can double, double our listeners. I'm going to set a goal right here, right now. This episode, episode two, I'm striving for 22 listens. Not entirely sure how I'm going to achieve that, but um, you can help. If you're listening to this, please will you help me and send a link or however it works on the platform you're listening to. Um, send a link to every mum you know who is a solo mum or was a solo mum and um, see if it can help them to connect. If you hear some shuffling, that's just um, my dog. So... Following episode one, where I introduced all the ideas that I'm going to be discussing in this um, awesome series of podcasts, I did a little survey online and I asked a community of many thousands of solo mums what they would like to hear in a podcast episode. And I was compelled to do an episode answering the question, it takes a village, but where is my village? And this question was asked by a solo mum of five. Um, I don't know her personally. Two of her kids are older, older teenagers, young adults, and three of her kids are pretty young. And I don't know any more than her circumstances. Um, but it kind of broke my heart to hear that, that she was questioning where is her village. And um, I'm sure she's not the only one. And I'm also sure I have at times over the last 11 and a half years of being a solo mum questioned that myself. In preparing to record today's episode, I've done a little bit of research online and I came across a TEDx talk entitled It Takes a Village to Raise a Child by Natasha Babel, who has um, an inspirational story to tell of her life in care and how she has quite literally overcome the odds and how she has recognised who her village was and what a village means in raising a child. I will link the TEDx talk below. Overwhelmingly, the message that that um, TEDx talk presented was that the village to raise a child is about the positive relationships and ongoing relationships in the child's life. I guess it's one of those realisations that in becoming a parent, um, our life becomes devoted to meeting the needs of our children first and foremost. However, I do fully subscribe to the motto of you can't pour from an empty cup. So in the village discussion, we need to think about the village for the child and also the village for us as solo mums. I'm going to go against the grain here and the common thinking about how terrible social media is. But, and I remember years ago when I went to visit my sister overseas and she was alarmed at the fact that I never went out. Well, when you're a solo mum of a baby, because at that time my daughter was 
um, not quite a year old, um, going out was almost impossible. I had next to no money and no family on hand. Um, my ex-husband's parents weren't really talking to me because of difficult difficulties in the relationship perhaps caused by him who knows and um so I I literally never went out I did still have a village around me and I'll talk more about that but my sister was alarmed at how the majority of my communication which wasn't directly related to my daughter was via social media and Facebook messaging um using messenger or comments on Facebook groups etc etc Well, my goodness, what a village that has been over the last decade or so. I'm going to put my hand up and say those people might be online, but there is a decent handful of names that I've never met these people in my life. And I'm hoping that I'll invite some of them onto this podcast and they might agree. Um, They've definitely been there. And also names which I've only seen once. Just having that ability to ask questions online to the community, to the wider village, um, whether I personally know those people or not, has been an absolute blessing. I could not imagine, like if we go back, I don't know how long, 25 years before mobile phones were invented, for example, can you even, I guess some people listening to this may not have been alive before mobile phones were invented. However, I can remember leaving the house without taking my mobile phone. You make arrangements using the landline, you say I'll meet you at seven o'clock and you've got to be there and if you're not there then there's no way of contacting each other. It's just the way the world used to work. There was nothing wrong with it, however these days when we have our mobile phones um, and you can just text or call and say hey I'm running late or change of plans, can you imagine life without it? And the same way Um, Well, I haven't had the experience of being a solo mum pre-social media. Um, Yes, Facebook was invented when my daughter was a baby. Um, And um, my goodness, what a lifeline it has been to my village. So in answer to our question, where is my village? I'm definitely gonna put it out there. A huge part of a solo mum's village is via social media and I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I know we hear also about you know overuse of social media. Yeah, of course, that's why I don't have TikTok on my phone because, uh, wow, what a way, it's great, don't get me wrong, I love TikTok when I see reels, old people's TikTok, the reels on Facebook. But, um, you know, yes, you can waste hours and hours and hours of your life looking at very interesting things, but, you know, especially as a solo mum, I've got shit to do. I don't have three hours to browse TikTok because I've got a full-time job and I've got a house to run and a daughter to run around and dogs to walk and housework to be done. Oh my goodness, you know how it is. Um, So there's, I suppose, the negative side of social media. Hopefully we're all old enough and wise enough to um, not get into the friendship dramas of social media, although I do have a story like that to tell. I have lost one friend um, because of um, social media interaction. I won't say that on this podcast, that's... um, personal. Um, Anywho, um, they are actually also a solo mum. And um, anywho, but the the 
benefits of social media for solo mums massively, massively, I think, outweighs the negatives. I think the power of these targeted social media groups is that in general, we are able to um, talk with, communicate with, um, connect with, that's the word I was looking for. We're able to connect with, I guess, like-minded people or people who do have some understanding and some idea of what life is like as a solo mum, even though everybody's experience um, and circumstances are, of course, very, very different. So moving on to another part of our village another street in the village or another little house in the village and that quite literally is neighbours around where you live. Now I have been very lucky to live in the same house um, for many many years, my daughter's whole life. My goodness when she was a baby did I bust a gut to ensure I could keep this house. Um, it was financial despair um, and you know actually in that I've got to recognize the village of people a um, couple of them were parents of my friends um, you know older and wiser been there done that who really understood real real life um, and could recognize that I was panicking. I had a break-even amount of money I had to earn each week in order to pay the basic bills before even buying any food. Um, it was something like $1,000 per week to keep the roof over our head due to various um, financial um, circumstances. Um, I wasn't playing. Um, I needed to make that kind of money. So um, the village, the village came. Um, one of my good friends, um, her dad is an accountant and he had a very helpful phone call with me for free. He didn't charge me. Um, I actually wasn't able to emotionally accept his advice um, because it was really difficult. Um, his advice was actually for me to move about an hour away from where I live now. Um, financially, it would have made perfect sense, but I just recognized that my connection with people around where I live, friends, other mums, etc., um, was something I could not bring myself to let go of. And I was very fortunate that I found a way through. So um, yeah, back to the, the neighbors um, of um, my house. Uh, yeah, you know, the lady next door to me, she's very nice. It's lovely, actually. She's seen, um, she's seen my daughter grow up um, every now and then. She brings us some fish that she's caught, which is really nice. I know she's a good person. She's a safe person. Um, and in that is the continuity of people who are a tiny part of our life my life and my daughter's life. And just to recognize, so there's a lady who lives next door. I can see her house from where I'm sitting now. Um, and then there's a man who lives down the road um, and his wife, but the man, he's often out the front and will, will have a wave. And when I was heavily pregnant, um, so I had to move back here. I became a solo mum when I was uh, 34 weeks pregnant, um, 32. So, um, I don't even know. 
anyway, about 34 weeks pregnant, really near the end. And for the last few weeks of pregnancy, um, almost every day, I took a waddle <laughs> down the street and around the corner. And um, so um, the fellow down the road, he watched my tummy grow. Um, and then one night before my daughter was born, some partying youths um, travelled past my house and decided to take a cricket bat or whatever it was to my mailbox and destroyed it. They just gave it a great big wallop. Um, it was nailed to the post of the fence. They gave it a great big wallop. And I heard this because my bedroom's at the front of the house. And so I sort of heaved my whale-like body out of bed. And obviously, by the time I looked out of the window, they'd gone. But I noticed the mailbox was no longer there. And I was obviously really, really shaken. Gosh, I'm going to get emotional thinking about it. Um, and I just freaked out. And I thought, my God, I can't even protect my mailbox. How am I going to protect my baby? Um got tears in my eyes now thinking about that and that memory. Anywho, later in the day, I took a waddle down the street and lo and behold, on this guy's front lawn, what did I find? My mailbox. <laughs> so I was looking at it and he said, oh, is that your mailbox? And I said, yes. He said, oh, it just appeared last night. I said, I know. Anyway, lovely guy. He said, look, I'll fix it up for you and I'll come and replace it. What a lovely guy. I th I'm so terrible with names. God, uh, what is his name? I can't remember his name. Anyway, I see him probably once a week. Give him a wave. Still, 11 years on. Um, I've now got a completely different mailbox. In fact, I'm on the next mailbox after that. But I am so grateful. That's what a village is. It's someone who notices. And then... They've seen my daughter grow um, from being a teeny tiny baby. I walked and walked and walked while trying to get her to sleep when she was a baby to taking her on bedtime walks just around the block to calm her down. So we went past their house um, and then we got a puppy that grew and then we got another puppy that grew. And now my daughter is almost as tall as me. And um, it's those people, that continuity of relationship it's the tiny things. As I said at the very beginning of this podcast episode, one person will do one good deed. Another person will notice something else. Another person will make a suggestion like this. And all together, over the course of time, that's our village. So practically speaking, because I'm a practical kind of person, if there's a problem, it's my masculine side. I need to come up with a solution. Um, faced with really wanting to create a village, like these chance encounters that I've spoken of, it's all well and good, but um, I imagine there's a number of solo mums sat at home right now feeling overwhelmed, really desperate, screaming out, where is my village? I need help. Because a solo mum, any parent really, but especially a solo mum, so isolated. We need help so that we can then help our kids. That's a knock-on effect. If you help a solo mum, if you are part of the solo mum's village, you are part of the child's village. So where can you look? It does depend on the age of your child. For a baby, consider joining somewhere like Play Centre, which I went to um, two or three days a week, I can't remember now. And so what is Play Centre? It's um, a 
children and babies play group from sort of um, one year old up to six years old, I think it's it's there, which is run by the parents. Um, and it's all quite formal, actually. And you've got to really learn how to, um, uh, the, the theories behind some of the uh, learning and games and play and, and, and what that all means. Again, it gives a sense of purpose. But what you what 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 is amazing about it is um, that altogether there's a, a group of parents, generally mums, but certainly some dads um, and children, all together um, for sort of three hours, a couple of times a week, and that builds the sense of community. Now, I do recognise if I look back when I went to play centre at the time, the place I went to, I was the only solo mum there and I did feel a bit isolated. I certainly felt as if some of the other mums didn't understand. So when I rocked up late, um, you know, actually punctuality in my life is not a strong point, so I always rock up late. But for me rocking up late, I was there and um, kind of unsurprisingly, uh, I was having some support for um, postnatal depression. Um, and so I was encouraged and certainly was encouraging myself to take on board the little wins. And I remember for a time there, my number one weekly goal, the only thing I needed to achieve in a week was to put my rubbish bin out on a Friday. And if I did that, if I achieved that, I could label the entire week a success. That was really, really powerful. But I do remember on those days for Play Centre, I was often late because I prioritised putting the bin out. And, you know, um, kind of I can look back and roll my eyes and just think, oh, you know, some people need to worry about bigger things um, than me turning up five minutes late and making the Play-Doh five minutes late. Children can wait for Play-Doh. Um, but it was an absolute um, godsend. It gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me, me, a sense of community as the very isolating experience of um, being at home all day with my um, beautiful daughter, um, but then not having a partner to come home in the evening and sort of open my eyes to the wider community. My wider community was Play Centre. That was it. Actually, it wasn't it, because also what I did, um, local to me, there was also a mummy and baby group called Mainly Music, which was actually only, gosh, about an hour, maybe an hour and a half long. Um, uh, there were loads um, locally. You could choose one to go to on almost any day, and it was really, really cheap, like $2. And you went, and there was some singing of songs for the little ones, and then the best bit was morning tea not just because I love the cakes and the biscuits, but because it was an opportunity to chat to other mums, some grandmas, and some of the ladies that ran Mainly Music, friendly faces in the community. Um, and some of those, in fact, just had a memory, gosh, this is going to make me so emotional, this podcast, just had a memory of the nicest lady um, who really reached out and was so generous with her time. And she actually was the real village. Gosh, I'm crying. Her name is Jess. And we say hello to each other all the time now. It's the beauty of living in a small town. Um, but um, due to how life was at that time, I had to, to go to court for family court reasons. And I'd never left my daughter. And she took her for me for the couple of hours that I needed it.
Right, I've pulled myself together. You didn't come here to listen to me snivelling and drooling all over the computer. Okay, so next on my village, as my daughter grew a little bit, um, I found um, an awesome um, preschool. Um, and the teachers at preschools, kindies, daycares, and then into primary school are unbelievable angels in the world. Um, and then also all the way through primary school for six years, my daughter had to go to the on-site, thank goodness, on-site after school um, club so that I could be at work. When um, my daughter left school um, last year, she went on to high school, I was sad to say goodbye to the teachers. It's been a great school, yadi da da really fantastic. But the ladies who run the after school club they were my angels. They're my village and they made it possible. Um, also, what was fantastic though about school um, was uh, to support me. The school knew my circumstances and even though the school rule said no children on site before 8.20, when this was after COVID, when I could no longer find before school care because she used to, in her first couple of years, she was looked after, first of all, by a daycare centre that then did a school run. But then f funding for that, they could no longer secure. So that fell through. And then I was able to drop her at an old lady's house across the road from the school. Um, and she was there for about half an hour. But then with COVID, I completely understood the lady who was about 84, 85 years old, obviously didn't really want to invite germs into her home. So I had to say to my little girl, okay, darling, you have to be at school at eight o'clock and you have to be invisible. And because she's an awesome little girl, we're a team and that's been really important. Um, she did that and not once did the school ever say anything. They knew I had to get to work. Um, so for that, I'm seriously grateful. And that's another example of the village. Um, also with schools and preschools in kindies, the relationship that the children build with the teachers is part of the village for that child. And they can also be the village for the solo mums um, in that we need support. And at times we may have some behaviour challenges with our children. And so... Um, those wonderful teachers they're on board to support and discuss things and work together um, as a team to to support and resolve and make progress with whatever needs progress for solo mums who work um, also part of the village is our employers um, because it's and understandably it's not possible in all fields of work but in many fields of work employers can be understanding and often are understanding and allow us to take our children into work on things like teacher only days or when they're a little bit sick but not like too sick if they're bedridden of course you need to stay home but um there certainly have been uh, a few times a few occasions when I've had to ask if I can take my daughter into work with me and she's been fine um 
the day goes fairly swiftly um, and uh, sometimes if she's certainly if it's a teacher only day um, then she's just able to join in and try and be helpful and pack a bag of activities and stuff um, and then my colleagues make her feel special as well so recognizing that actually people within my workplace I've been lucky to be in the same job for um, over seven years now gosh nearly eight years um, and so obviously my colleagues have seen my daughter grow and they're part of the village they support me there have been a few times not many maybe three times when I've just randomly burst into tears because life is a struggle um, not having had a break, you know, at no point, luckily, my daughter has never been a huge challenge. But, um, you know, having that opportunity to vent and having colleagues, most of them are parents, but certainly even those who are not parents, they're there, they listen, they support, perhaps give me some suggestions. So my village is also my work colleagues and it could be um, your village as well. I know of a number of solo mums that also take their children to work, um, all sorts of different fields of work, um, not regularly, but um, as and when needed. And it's just so valuable. And I think to recognise our workplace as part of our village for when those our kids are there and also when we just need some um, understanding, some accommodation um, and um, some support. Having those chats around the coffee machine, um, having someone hear that your child has done something good and say, wow, that's awesome. Because I think as a solo parent, and I mentioned this right at the very beginning with social media, but with those connections with people in our life, Having someone to share the bad and the good with is so important um, because it's that's what it is to be a parent. We want to share, have that recognition of, gosh, that was tough or gosh, you've done a good job or wow, are you proud of them? All of those things. It's just so important. And you know what? I've got a couple of friends who have shown me how to be friends. In fact, I look back, 2012 and 2013, historically in my life, was the year of friendship. They were the years I learnt what it means to be a friend. Not because I was a particularly good friend. Um, my bucket was, em was empty, absolutely. But because I was shown the greatest friendship ever. Um, my daughter was teething and of course she was pretty miserable and a good friend of mine who's now actually my boss uh delivered me round a takeaway tub of homemade pumpkin soup and that was the nicest soup i've ever eaten and also as I'm running out of time, my goodness, because uh, my daughter is currently in another as part of our village. She's gone off to the village of um, dance lessons. And I think a big part of the village to help us um, on our solo parent journey is the involvement of extracurricular teachers, be they music teachers, dance teachers, sports coaches, um, 
art teachers, I don't know, whatever on earth your child is interested in, um, cubs and brownies and scouts and um, martial arts, all of these um, opportunities for good adults to have an ongoing positive relationship with our children in a safe space. They're part of our village. They're another positive influence on our child. And as our children get a little bit older um, and can attend these um, uh, opportunities without us, kind of drop and run, well, certainly for me, that's freed up a little bit of time for me. Um, uh, a year ago, two years ago, gosh, I can't remember. A while ago, I was able to start going to the gym while my daughter um, was at dancing because she doesn't need me there while she's there. So it gives me a little bit of time to do something for me. It's been a long time coming. It took 10 years, <laughs> but it's there. Um, and I'm so grateful. So my village is also the gym, you know. Um, it's, how much does it cost me? Six ninety nine a week. That's it. That's an expense which I'm willing to budget for um, because it gives so much to me. And, you know, it's $1 a day. I choose to make it that I can afford that. Um, so, yeah, I certainly, um, for solo mums, would highly recommend getting your kids involved as much as possible in some kind of weekly um, extracurricular activity um, where they get to build a relationship with the same teacher. My daughter did have swimming lessons, but just due to the nature of the swimming school that we went to, she tended to have a different teacher each lesson, each week, um, that I recall. It was a long time ago. So she didn't have that same building of relationship that she perhaps got from ballet. Just a funny story, and it came to me this morning when I was thinking about recording this podcast. Um, going back years and years and years, I think my daughter was three years old, and she had the most beautiful ballet teacher called Miss Melody, which was just such a perfect name. Miss Melody herself was, and still is, a solo mum. Um, so she knew. Um, her son was a little bit older, um, but she absolutely knew. Um, and one morning, my daughter was refusing to get dressed. She was naked as the day she was born. And she managed to say, come on, we've got to go to ballet. So she had her ballet shoes on and she put her coat on. And I had to text the ballet teacher saying, we're running late and my daughter's naked. Please, can you help? <laughs> So we arrived at ballet and Miss Melody did what she did best and she used her sparkly fairy wand and she took her little beautiful ballerina to the fairy closet, she called it, and pulled out a tutu. So um, at least my little monkey could do her ballet lesson with some clothes on. But I really needed that little bit of support, um, that beautiful example of somebody being my village. And just because I've got them listed, because I'm a geek and I made a list, um, also, I think it's important to recognise that 
Other parts of our village are the child-friendly places, the cafes and the shops. Um, those places that we can feel welcomed to take our children and not not be judged. The local library, oh my goodness, what a great place to be. Um, Spotlight, that was our favourite place on a rainy day. <laughs> it's still our favourite place. No, it was wonderful when my daughter was little. A great place to go um, and have a wander and have a browse. Um, the shop assistants um, in shops that you go to fairly regularly, even the local op shops, Going back 35 years, I remember going op shopping with my mum and having a chat with the ladies behind the counter, um, finding some cheap, tiny little goodies. Um, and that's something that uh, is part of my village with my daughter. It's not um, a village which... Um, I've had anything to do with yet, but I'm aware that there's organisations like Big Brother, Big Sister, which actually have volunteers that take on a mentoring responsibility for, I think, an hour a week with children. Um, often those children have uh, from families with just a solo parent. Um, and that can be a village to help the parents as equally as well as help the child give um, our solo mums um, a little bit of downtime as needed. Um, and also um, for solo mums um, who perhaps are on a very small budget, there are very well subsidised school holiday camps. Um, it's not something that um, I've ever sent my daughter on, but all of the children who I've ever known that have gone on the school holiday camps have loved it. And my daughter has often been begging me saying, please, can I go? Please, can I go? But for me, it's a, a one time that I don't have to spend the money <laughs> to pay for um, school after school care. So um, we haven't yet done that. But that's a part of the village, which isn't so much a connection and a relationship for you as a solo mum, but is uh, great for the kids and also can offer solo mums a bit of downtime. So in summary, I suppose, for me, the notion of the village does seem a little bit more clear. I think it's the cumulative effect of many people, each making a little contribution to our lives. This podcast has been recorded by myself and edited and produced by myself. And if you've enjoyed it or found it vaguely interesting, please can you like, follow, share. Share would be awesome. And click follow. And let's see what the next podcast is going to be about. Thanks so much for listening.